Hello, my name is Paul Daly. I'm a tax partner in the International Tax Practice of Citroen Cooperman, and I'm pleased again to proceed with our Taxes in 10 International podcast. And I'm also pleased today to be joined with my, by my associate, Rebecca Fontaine, who is an expert in foreign trusts, and she's going to really tell us about this topic. We hear so much about it. So again, I'm pleased and welcome, Rebecca. Thank you. Um, to start off, Rebecca, what makes a trust a foreign trust? I've always wondered that. So a foreign trust is any trust that doesn't qualify as a U.S. trust. Um, a U.S. trust is essentially a trust where the U.S. has control over it. Either a U.S. court does or a U.S. person makes all the decisions. Essentially, it's subject to the United States. If you're not subject to anything in the United States, then you're a foreign trust. Um, they can be set up in many different countries. Some countries don't recognize trusts. For example, Spain does not. But as long as the country in question recognizes a trust, you can set it up there. Thank you, Rebecca. And I hear so much about not doing what you're supposed to in terms of penalties. What's the big deal about reporting them? So foreign trusts are very difficult to report properly, and they're the IRS's new favorite thing to audit. The penalties are huge on the reporting if you fail to report properly. It's low-hanging fruit for the IRS. And any U.S. person with an interest in a foreign trust needs to do the reporting. There's also the issue that some retirement accounts in foreign countries and even just bank accounts can count as foreign trusts, and those also need to be reported. On top of that, the reporting itself is incredibly complicated. There's multiple forms, multiple deadlines, and the penalties I mentioned are up to 35% of the value of the trust itself. You can also get hit with the penalty if you are late with the reporting or if your reporting is incomplete. If you happen to leave off a checkbox or something, the IRS is gonna come after you. And it's really hard to get these penalties removed. The IRS is so slow and understaffed right now that it takes months or even years to get them waived. And on top of that, they're very, very aggressive in enforcing these penalties. They'll place liens on accounts and debit your bank account even if you're currently contesting the issue. I know I tend to agree because I've seen that and I've seen certain times where it does go to the appeals process. Yeah. It seemed to be very strict in that regard. I know you've told me many times that, you know, if you're going to amend, you have to be very careful in terms of the 3520 because you're really opening up to potential scrutiny. Um, a foreign trust, sorry, is that taxed in the United States? So whether or not the trust is taxed in the United States, it depends on the type of trust itself and also who set up the trust. So if you're a US person and you set up a trust that's a so-called grantor trust, which is one that's for estate planning purposes and not actually a full irrevocable trust, you still have to report the income. So you will still have to pick up all of your foreign income on your personal tax return. And there's also a separate filing for the trust itself. Otherwise, you're only taxed on a distribution of income. So if you're just a beneficiary, you'll only be taxed if you receive income from the trust. There's some complicated calculations that are involved to determine the distributable net income from the trust. And if it's not distributed properly or reported properly, then you can run into more issues with the IRS. If you're getting distributions of your principal back, that is something that was originally put into the trust, Part of the trust corpus that won't be taxed when it's distributed to you but only if you get a specific form from the trustee saying that that's what they gave you otherwise all distributions are considered income 
Thanks again, Rebecca. And what I've seen is, let's say that a foreign trust has U.S. income, in fact, connected income, but there's no Form 1041-NR that I'm aware of, right? So I think a foreign trust, if they did have to file in the United States, I believe they would have to file what's called a Form 1040-NR. That's right. There's a Form 1040-NR, which is used for a foreign trust with U.S. income. It's the same form that a non-resident individual would use, but there's a specific way to fill it out for the foreign trust to report the foreign trust income. And then if the trust has any sort of state reporting, you would report it as a non-resident trust in that state as well. Great. Thank you. You know, we do a lot of international planning. When we talk to prospects, a lot of times we hear that, well, we're going to solve all the ills of the tax world by setting up foreign trusts. So, and you, you hear this so often, a lot of times you get you know, suspicious in terms of what the foreign trust could do from a tax planning savings technique. But I guess the question I ask for you, Rebecca, is why use a foreign trust? So we use foreign trusts a lot for asset protection and also for estate planning. It's really common to use a foreign trust for a non-U.S individual who's planning on moving to the United States. It's a way to remove the assets from their personal ownership and also to protect them from, say, taxation in the United States as long as everything's filled out properly and they're not taking income from it. Um, you can also use them to make gifts to your children, your relatives, or someone else like that before you come to the United States. So you don't have to pay any sort of gift tax in the United States or to transfer, say, assets to your spouse or another non-US person just for pre-immigration planning. Um, in other countries, we don't have an inheritance tax in the United States, but they're very commonly used to avoid inheritance tax in other countries or just to move assets around between individuals where there might be other sorts of gift tax that they also may want to avoid. Um, they can be used to hold corporations as well. Some countries like Australia, they actually run as corporations and they're called um, corporate trusts and they run the same as companies do. Or you can use it just to hold your shares of your company or ownership of your corporation in the trust as part of a organizational structuring plan or also just to limit ownership in the United States. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can set one up besides you know, avoiding U.S. taxation, you just have to be very careful that you don't end up running afoul of the reporting. Understood. Thank you. And I guess to close, Rebecca, when mm -hmm. you talk about the term Form 3520, I know it's difficult, but I guess there are situations, if you don't mind just saying that, um, talking briefly about when, when a U.S. person will receive like a large gift from a foreign person, let's say a gift or a donor, when is Form 3520 required? So if you're receiving a gift from a foreign person, or also if you receive a distribution from a foreign estate that you're a beneficiary of, you use the Form 3520 to report it if it's over $100,000. There's no tax imposed on it. It's just an informational reporting if you're using it in that situation. And you don't actually have to disclose where it's coming from either. You just state that you received the gift and the date that it was and what it was, whether you've got cash or if you've got a property or something else like that. Um, but it's the same 35% penalty if you don't file that form and the IRS finds out. Great. Thanks again, Rebecca. I really appreciate this. I think it was very enlightening and just one major takeaway. And Rebecca always talked to me about it. It's so true that we really need to be careful in terms that when you don't have that 3520 filing, it could really result in significant IRS penalties. 
And then, as I mentioned, you might have to go to appeals. So it's really a very tough situation that we need to be proactive on. Again, I thank you, Rebecca, for this enlightening information. Thanks and for having me. Else, have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.